All right. Well, welcome to another episode of the Bobble Guys. My name is Rick Kleinert. I'm joined here with Jerry. Jerry, how are you today? Rick, I'm great. I mean, Jerry, we were talking on the way uh, as we began this episode right before. Um, you noticed that there's an SD card here on the table, and you were wondering if I put that into the recording device. Yeah, because uh, historically we've had some issues with that. Yeah, we should tell our listeners. If you're a longtime listener, you might remember this. Um, season one, when we were um, in the bowels of the university that we both worked at, um, we also had a, a person with us. We had a co-host uh, with us at that time. And we decided one afternoon, I'm not sure if it was just we were hopped up on coffee and the and a dribbling of starting a new podcast. We might have cranked out three episodes in one afternoon. We left that. We, we were feeling good about it, high-fiving. You know, we had just solved everything. And then we noticed we didn't have an SD card in the recording. Those were now historically called or affectionately called the lost episodes. And we don't even remember what we talked about. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> so there are some people have been contacting us. Uh, and actually, this, this person today has contacted us. Uh, the question that we're going to look at and said, hey, I asked this question back in season one. And you losers never really did answer it. And I'm paraphrasing what he said. He actually wasn't. He didn't say that. But we never we never did address it. Um, here it is. The question has to do with the, uh, the, the sick in James chapter 5. Uh, it talks about if anyone is sick among you, let him call the elders, have them anoint him with oil. Um, so here's the question. In my time in vocational ministry, so we're obviously talking about someone who is in the ministry. Um, it says close to a decade now. So we got a long time wow. pastor here who's listening to the Bible guys. It's awesome. He says, I've never worked with someone who viewed this passage the same way as I was taught or how I understand it. So without giving what he holds to, he wants us to tackle this passage uh, and see what it means. So he says, basically what we have is a listener who has never experienced someone who sees this passage the way he does. And Wants us wants our take on it and see if if we're with him or if we're on the other side, I guess. Sounds good. All right, so let's take a look at the passage. I think we should read it um, and see what's going on in that passage. And I'm going to pull this up today. Let's see. Let's do, uh, I don't know, dealer's choice. Who? What version you want to read it out, Jerry? Just hit whatever pops up. All right, well, I got the NIV popping up immediately on my U version. Here's what it says. Um, I'm going to start in verse 13. Of chapter five, it says, "Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs." Oh, that, that, that I already don't like that. You don't like the version already? That's already not. All right, switch versions. Okay, so how about New English? Net. Man, okay. Did you, do you want me to go to King James? Is that what you want? Try right, that. Or here if, we go. If let this me. doesn't work, you need to go back to the NASB. No, let or me let me go to King James. Your favorite? What's your favorite? That CSV? The HCSB. Or but let me, HCSB. listen, let, you little legalist. Let me go to HC, Let me go to King James. I did not suggest that. Golly, you're just yelling at me over here. Is any among you afflicted? I don't even like let that. <laughs> go to the NASB. Try that. Um, is anyone among you suffering? Do you not like that? Dude, what do you want me to do? Read the Greek? What's, what's the aversion to the word sick here people have? I haven't even started All right, just getting to the passage. Whichever one you have. All right. Do it. I'm kind of afraid what's happening here. Um, we've devolved. Here we go. So now I'm going to be reading, um, and again, I'm starting in verse 13. I'm reading the HCSB, okay. and I've let you bash these other versions, but if All you right. say something, I'm going to say HCSB. You're, you're, I'm kicking you out. 
Okay. Is anyone among you suffering? He should pray. Is anyone cheerful? He should sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? He should call for the elders of the church, and they should pray over him after anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Actually, the HCSB says olive oil in the mm. name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick person, and the Lord will restore him to health. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Uh, verse 16 goes on to say, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. And then we have that final passage that most people, that final part of it, um, the urgent request, the HCSB says, of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. So we got okay. to know a couple of different things, what's happening there. And one thing we noticed, and we kind of had some banter over it, is the words. There are different words being used here regarding sickness. And that's like the first thing that pops up. So, Jerry, you want start, to start there? Well, you've already forgotten what I told you before, <sighs> oh, man. that I had a personal illustration. Oh, we're going to start with to personal use. illustrations. Oh, or should we hold it off? You know what? Now people know we don't follow a script. This is just us on the okay. mic seeing what happens. Let's go. Do, you, do, the, do the personal illustration. All right. Let me begin with the personal illustration without revealing too many personal details here. Before I started seminary, this was the summer before I started seminary, and I'm being very serious here, I had this mysterious illness. I mean, I could describe all the symptoms of it. But anyway, then over the course of... The next few years, I went to at least 10 doctors in different medical disciplines. It was absolutely horrible. And um, I was pretty much debilitated. I stayed in my apartment for like a year. I had to drop out of school and on and on it goes. Anyway, so after this long experience, finally, this passage came to my mind. James 5, is any of you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. And I thought, that's it. God has been bringing me to an end of myself, and he wants me to act on this text. I was so excited because nothing had worked, nothing had helped. I could hardly walk, in fact. So I thought I had to have people help me. Anyway, I contacted the church. They said, yeah, we'll anoint you with oil and all this. So I had to have people help me into the church. I couldn't walk into the church. And I honestly believed that when this process was over, I would be able to walk out of that church by myself. I was so excited about this. Well, so happens, they anointed me, they prayed, we went through the whole passage, nothing happened, I had to be helped out of the church the same way I was helped in, and that became the impetus for me to really begin studying this passage. I am not saying that we should base our interpretation based on our experience. I'm just saying this was the impetus to look at this more closely. So, we I feel, uh, like, you, I feel like you had to give me a little bit more, not give us too much more, but what? So, you're good now, obviously. I am not. Okay. I still have a lot of the same symptoms. I've right. just learned to adjust. Okay. Um, which is good because then I can just blame anything on this, you know? <laughs> just, Oh, yeah, that's because of that that thing. Okay. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's been a long ordeal. All right. Well, but. I'll say it's good that you're, I'm, I mean, I'm thankful that you're, it, you've at least improved so that you yeah. can be here and doing this. That's great. Um, so anyway, like you said, there are some who would take this passage and say that, as you mentioned, it, that there's something, um, maybe you should say mystical 
mm-hmm. maybe a, maybe a good word, um, or maybe the word is ritual. Mm. It might be a better word that there's something about this act of the anointing of the oil that might do something. I also have a couple stories like this, but in my, on my instance, it was on the other side, where I've had um, people ask me uh, to come and to do this, mm-hmm. and and I have. This yeah. hasn't. It hasn't. I'm. I'm not going to take this time to to be a Bible guy on them and say, "Well, here's what the passage right. means," because right. you're obviously calling me because you're sick and you're wondering. Right. So I go. Um, there has been that time where I've, you know, been there when this happened and done it myself. The the, the anointing of the oil happens, but the but the, the emphasis what we do is is to pray, and we're asking the God of all healing to pray, not mm-hmm. or to heal, not we're asking the for the oil to do any kind of medicinal work. Mm-hmm. Or spiritual work, I should say, in that. So I've been on that side in it. Um, so yeah, this is a, a, a tough call because you mentioned, and I'm glad you said it. We have experiences, mm-hmm. and sometimes, if we're not careful, experiences can trump our view or or what we think is true. It's like, oh, I know what you said is true, but I had this experience, yeah, and it's different for me. And so we got to be careful with that. So let's get into the passage mm-hmm. specifically, as we were saying earlier. Uh, because we couldn't find um, some of the versions that we read. Some said suffering, some said whatever, some said the word sick. But there are some different words going on here that we need to make, to really need to uh, point out. Yeah, and I think if we start in verse 14, that's where we first have the word that's translated, I think pretty much by all the versions, is sick. And he he says, um, is anyone among you sick? Uh, that particular word is used quite often for physical sickness, but it is also used occasionally for spiritual weakness. And so that that's the first term that's used in 5.14. I think what's important, however, is to note that in 5.15, where you have this English word sick again, James changes words, and here he uses a different one. So you have the word translated sick in 5.14. That's used 33 times in the New Testament. You have the word in 5.15 translated sick. Here's what's significant. It's only used twice. Now, it is used outside of the New Testament more than that, but within the New Testament, it's only used two times. The other time it's used is in Hebrews 12.3, where clearly the, the term translated sick in James 5, clearly refers to a spiritual weariness, a spiritual weakness, a spiritual depression, if you will. I would argue, and if we end up you know, going through this passage in, in great detail, I would argue that that's what James is talking about. He's not talking about physical sickness. Rather, he's talking about spiritual weakness or discouragement. So if that's the case, if we go with that interpretation that he's talking about a spiritual weakness and discouragement, why the use of oil? Well, I think the term anointing, and, and this has been pointed out by a lot of people, uh, the term anoint that's used here, I believe only occurs, like, it's not more than 10 times. I think it may even be, if memory serves me correctly, it might even be like nine times. Um Frequently, it will have the sense of, of grooming or refreshment. So the idea, and, and you pointed this out earlier, oil would not therefore serve a ritualistic function or some kind of religious rite, 
that this oil has some magical properties to it. Rather, it's just a practical grooming refreshment of the individual. One example that comes to mind is in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus talks about the individual who is fasting, that they are to use, um, and I think I actually did write this down, um, that they should not appear sad and ungroomed, but they should anoint themselves and wash their face. So it's kind of that idea of grooming and refreshment that would come to the individual. And in this case, uh, the individual who's spiritually weak and discouraged, this would serve to refresh them. Yeah, as I've always seen this passage looking at, and I say always, I haven't always seen it this way, but under study of it, once you're looking at the languages, I've seen this more as a, um, a testimony of the correlation between our spiritual health and our physical health. Um, there's something biblical about that, especially if you look at the Old Testament, the, the concept of shalom, the, the whole idea of peace. It's, it has to do with both your physical and your, your spiritual. And here, also in the same way, there is a correlation between your physical health and your spiritual health. If you're, if you're spiritually unhealthy, it's going to affect your physical and vice versa to an extent. And so what I see James doing here is saying, um, guys, you know, Christians don't forget to to take care of that. Don't 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 neglect your physical health in this. Right, and I, I there there I mean, there's just no question. There's a correlation like that, and and James says when you know the sick person is anointed by by the elders and they pray, he says that this will save the sick. Now, to me, that's extremely problematic if this is referring to some physical illness that is healed, because that simply doesn't happen all the time. So the absoluteness of the way James state this is bothersome. But if you take the view that this is referring to spiritual weakness and he's being refreshed, and then James even adds that to confess your sins, which could be the source of this spiritual discouragement, he will be delivered. He will be saved. This will bring him out of his discouragement and, and depression. And then you have the part where it says, um, and the Lord will raise him up in yeah. verse, verse 15. doesn't necessarily mean health-wise. Exactly. It, it, it can mean uh, spiritually lifting up, give, almost like an idea of lifting up your countenance, you know, cheering in the concept yes. is, is the idea. Um, so, so, Jerry— and, and if I could interject there, yeah, too, absolutely. as well, that word healing— is also used over in the Hebrews passage. So here you have that word sick in 5.15 in Hebrews 12.3, but then the word healing is used in 12.13 of Hebrews, again referring to the discouraged saint. So we're going to note a very tight parallel between James and Hebrews here. So in verse verse 16, and I'm reading the ESV, it says, Therefore confess your sins to one another, pray for one another that you may be healed. Yes. Just so our listeners know what we're talking about, we're not talking about a physical healing of an abnormality, some kind of illness. We're right. talking about a, a spiritual, maybe use the word restoration. Yeah. Because that's where this plays into. And so we just had a, and I think it was a great episode last week with our counseling friend, Dr. Rob Decker, mm-hmm. where this is a counseling thing. Mm. Where when we feel like we are hiding, and we and no one gets us, and, yeah. and we can't let this out, we we've just done something, or we're struggling somewhere, and we can't talk about it. The moment we confess it, the moment we say, "Hey, I'm struggling with this," 
somebody else can speak truth to that and go, you yeah. know what, you're not alone. Yes. And it just restores. Absolutely. So that's what's, this is a counseling passage, yes. not a physical healing passage. Absolutely agree with that. And and I think it's also telling that that right after that, he uses the example of Elijah. And many people, <laughs> this sounds horrible the way I'm going to say this, but many people get hung up on the fervent prayer of Elijah. And that is there, but I think what is more telling is to ask, why does he use Elijah as an illustration? Mm -hmm. And that's because here's an individual who is also spiritually depressed and spiritually discouraged. And prayer is going to figure into this restoration process, as was noted in the text, that the elders are going to pray for this person. Yeah, I think the, I think the parallel here is, is James is writing to Jewish Christians. Yes. The very first early ones, they would have known the story of Elijah. They would have known the, you, you just defeated the prophets of Baal. You really dealt a death blow to that. And then Jezebel says, I'm going to kill you. And you go get off, you get depressed and run away. Yeah. And, and, and there he's saying, and I think if you could read it this way, if you look at it, verse 17 could be something like, maybe in parentheses or in brackets, almost added, because don't forget, Elijah was a man like us. He struggled just the way what I just yes, talked about. And that emphasizes the point. Yeah. Yeah. And then but and remember, he prayed fervently and God heard that. And so he's he's James is not saying the fervent prayer so much as he's saying, Don't forget Elijah struggled too. Yes. And you guys see him as a hero. Right. But he struggled just like you're struggling. And I and and you know, the more I think about it, when you think about the whole context of James, at the very beginning of the book. He's, he's talking to these Jews who were scattered, and he begins talking about their trials. And then how does the end of the book come to us? Well, some people are going to be discouraged through these trials, and here's sort of a remedy to this. I think it's also interesting that right before this section, he's going to tell, tell his readers, uh, he says, be patient, brethren. And then he's going to tell them, do not grumble, brethren. Remember the patience of Job. So everything in the book is just screaming out to us that, that we suffer, we're going to get discouraged, we're going to be depressed. And that seems to be the theme of the entire book. And then if we brought in that Hebrews parallel again, that was their problem too. They were being persecuted. They were growing discouraged. They needed to be healed in the same sense. They needed to be revived and refreshed. And, um, you know, having looked at this over the years, I really think that's what James is talking about. Yeah, and is there um, is there anything else in this passage we need to to look at before we kind of land our plane somewhere? I think one thing I would, would observe, and this is in deference to, you know, the, this individual mentioned, though I can't find anybody to agree with me, if he holds this view, I, I would point out that, you know, people make a case that this is physical healing in view. And I think we would certainly point out that some of the terms are frequently used that way. I don't debate that at all. But I think when you, again, when you look at the context of the book, when you follow the argument of the passage, I think this makes way more sense uh, to what James is teaching. Yeah, I agree with that one too. Now, here's where I want to land the plane. Um, because there are probably some listeners going, well, wait a minute. What if I, okay, we have a pastor listening who says, what if I've got a member who wants me to come and anoint him or her with oil um, 
so they can be healed. You know, they're, they're, they're concerned about an upcoming surgery or, or, or they're battling something. What do I do? You know, yeah. because if I listen to the Bible guys, I can't. <laughs> uh, well, we're, we're going to go ahead and say, we're going to give you a pass. You can, you can do that. There's nothing wrong with that because we understand that it's not the oil that does any kind of healing properties. Um, we understand it's God healing. And if this symbolic act um, is something that is requested, I don't personally, I don't know how you feel about it. I don't personally see a problem with taking some oil over there and, and doing this because it's, again, it's not saying that this is what the passage is saying, but it's rather that this is something that I'm going to do for this church member. Yeah, I, w- I would say if a, I would agree a pastor can do this. Just don't make promises the text isn't making. Right. So, yeah, go to the person, pray for them, try to comfort them, and basically you'll be doing what James is telling us to do. And then when you preach through James, make sure to go through the passage and explain, uh, you know, this is what James is saying and then pour out the aberrant theology of a lot of these health and prosperity. You know, always take a shot at them if you can, and uh, to teach your people, look, God hasn't made any definitive promise on your physical healing. Yeah, take a shot at the health and wealth prosperity right. preachers. I wouldn't take a shot at the at, parishioner, at the guy. Yeah, it's like, hey, hey, Bill, you remember that we did that? Yeah, that was totally wrong, right. man. <laughs> Don't call him out in church. Um, but I, I think there's something to be said about that because sometimes we will become so dogmatic about a position, if specifically here, that's really a, let's, let's go ahead and say it, it's a loose hand. Mm-hmm. It's not have to be so tight that that we forget to be pastoral. Yeah. That our, our parishioner has has requested this. They're not asking us to go anything against, you know, the clear teaching of Scripture. They're mm-hmm. saying, Pastor, it would really encourage me if you did this. And it's not a sin. It's not going to compromise your ministry. It's not going to yeah. water down your theology. It's okay. Um, the second thing, though, I think the the safer place to land the plane, I would ask, is how are we as pastors, ministers of the gospel, teachers, everyday Christians, what are we doing to take care of our physical health? I think that's a key component to come from this passage. What are we doing to make sure that we are at our optimal level as best we can be at our age and our and our health to continue serving God faithfully so that we don't fall into a Spiritual depression, that because we said that physical and spiritual kind of key up together. What are we doing to protect our spiritual health? What are we doing? Are we so pouring our lives into other people that we forget to feed ourselves? I think these are some key questions we have to ask. Yeah, and I think those are important. We all have to ask them, and we all have to tailor the answers to our particular needs. And um, I, I would add to that, in, in addition, despite everything we do, we're still going to fall into spiritual discouragement and spiritual depression. And there's nothing wrong with that. That isn't sinful. That's just part of our makeup. You know, that's just the way it is living in a fallen world. Some are more prone to that than others based on their constitution and their, their life experiences. So people shouldn't feel guilty that they feel that way. But then your point is, well, let's take the steps that we can so that those things aren't exacerbated or that poor habits aren't the cause of it, which they can be. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you want to share, but some of the things I do, number one is besides talking to people, and, and I think one of the things a lot of times, and we mentioned this in last week's episode, we we need to talk to people too. We mm-hmm. who are counselors yes. also need to be counseled. Yeah. Um, it's not bad. You're not broken. 
Um, we well, well, you are broken. <laughs> I should say it that way. You're not un. You're not abnormal. You you are broken just like everybody else. You have to talk to somebody too, especially I think counselors who weigh wear a lot of weight um, from other people. We need to talk to people too, not about those things, but the things that we are going through, so that we can mm-hmm. better help others. Yeah, and I I, w- I would also say that we need to have our eyes open to helping other people, encouraging them before it gets to this point. You know, at the beginning of each podcast, you always ask me how I'm doing, and I know that's... Yeah, you, that, lie, you lie to me, right? I, I do lie to you, but... And I know I know you're, at, you're saying that in a perfunctory way, yep. but I know you well enough to know that you actually do care. So I know from observing you with people, you know, you're on the lookout to encourage them and, and to help them, and I think that though we may get to the point where maybe some of these readers were in James, you know, let's try to help people before they get there and, and just be that kind of person to, to help people along the way. Mm-hmm. Second thing I would add to that is making sure we're doing something for, like I said, the physical health thing. I don't want to over talk about that, but I think it's important. It is. Um, I, I know, I know from you, from working at the university with you, I'd see you on your, on your walks. Yeah. You, you are, you would, just move up and down those areas, walking around, um, and sometimes just skipping lunch. I mean, I'm over there. I'm over there being a glutton in the cafe, and, and you're, you're eating out. bad carbs, exactly. <laughs> and, and you're out walking, um, and I'm okay with walking and running and stuff like that. But I, I'm more of get home. See, you're the guy that would walk, and you're you're out there for a while, enjoying it. I think you're enjoying it. I'm more of let's get the exercise, let's get it done, let's go to a treadmill, and let's turn that speed up as fast as I can. Let's, <laughs> let's just power walk it off. Um, but that's for me. That's I, I, yeah. that's that's me in the morning. I do I do uh, some miles in the morning, and then after after this podcast, when we're recording in the afternoon, I'll go home and I'll do a, I'll do some miles on again just to book in the day. Wow, that's great. Um, well, I'm just trying to see my grandkids. That's the goal. And <laughs> uh, but that that's something I, I have to do, and I can tell the difference if I haven't been on some kind of exercise, it, it does affect my overall yeah. emotional, mental, whatever. No question. It, it does affect it. Yep. So we would encourage you guys, listeners, um, again, this passage uh, is debatable, and there are, we want to say we want to hold this with a loose hand, although I think I can speak for Jerry here. Our view is this is talking about more of a, a spiritual sickness, or if you want to use that word, spiritual depression, or spiritual, um, just a ta- season of... Um, Overall, can I use the word melancholy, but I get what mm. you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something where we have um, tools at our disposal, one another, the confessing to one another, mm-hmm. that they can build this and help us out of this, and we pray for one another. Yeah. We also say this it does involve the health to an extent where your health and your spiritual life, your physical health and your spiritual health, they do have a correlation. We also want to be careful to say that if you are um, asked by a church member, if you are a pastor, uh, you work in ministry, and you're asked by a parishioner to do this, we would say you are totally okay to do that. You are totally okay to anoint their head with oil. Um, we didn't get into what kind of oil it should be. Oh, that's it's true. Essential versus olive, but <laughs> you do you, and we are, and and we think you're totally okay to do that. Well, this has been another episode of the Bible Guys. Thank you guys for your questions. As always, you can send questions to us at BibleGuysPodcast at gmail.com. We make sure we'll answer them. You can also hit us up on Instagram at Bible Guys Pod and at Twitter by the same username. For Jerry Hollinger, I'm Rick Kleiner. We'll see you next time.